You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM, coming to you live from Tasmania, right across Australia. Each weekday at 9am, you can hear what the Bible says about past, current and future events. Learn how to study the Bible more effectively. Get to know who God is, why we're here and where we're going. And experience personal encounters with Jesus. I'm Carmelina, hosting with Jason Cook, and today we have David Maxwell in the studio. Oh, live from Launceston, I mean. Welcome, David. Hi, how are you going, Carmelina and yeah. Jason? Well, thank you. I guess it's in your studio, David. <laughs> it certainly is. <laughs> Sorry, slip up no, the Not in our studio, so we're physically in different locations. Physically so. in different locations. Yes. It's good to have you here, David. Mm, good to be here again. Now, uh, today, just before we get into our program, I want to take this opportunity to promote uh, something that we're doing down in Hobart here. I've been promoting this a little bit this week. Uh, it's a program that we're running in the Hobart area. So if you're listening in southern Tasmania, this is for you. If you're listening elsewhere, I'm sorry for this promo. Um, you can have a look at the information and you can contact us if you want to know more about it. But unless you're in Hobart, you probably can't attend this event that we've got. And it's called Lifestyle Medicine, Eating for Good Health. It's going to be four programs over four weeks on a Thursday evening at 7pm, starting on the 27th of October. Now, this is going to be presented by Libby Hergenen. She's one of our presenters on our Friday programs, Connecting the Dots. She talks about health and nutrition, and uh, she's going to be presenting each week a, a topic and then she's going to be doing a, re- a recipe demonstration, I guess, a pre- preparation and uh, assembling of a recipe that she's got. And then at the end of the program, we get to taste those recipes. Oh, yeah. So I'm going to be going to that event uh, over four nights, starting on the 27th of October. If you're interested in this, Libby is a great presenter. She's got qualifications in presenting health and nutrition information. And uh, I would really encourage you to check this out if you're in the Hobart area. To get more information, text in EATWELL22, no spaces, that's just EATWELL, one word, no spaces, and the number 22 on the end. Text that into our show number, our Tassie Encounters number, 0488880891, and you'll get a text message sent back with a link where you can get all the information about this program, and you can also book if you'd like to come. Bookings are essential for this program. Now, uh, David... Um, you uh, have been doing a new series called The Word of God. Mm. And uh, do you want to just give us a recap of where we came from last week? Yeah, last week we talked about the spoken word of God from the flood to the exile. And that was that was how God um, spoke his words, continued to speak his words uh, to mankind so that they wouldn't be lost. Today we're going on from there. Okay, and our program today is called The Word, Restored and Ongoing. So we'll talk a bit more about that in a moment. But if you want to go back and have a listen to the previous episodes of this series, you can do that on the Faith FM website. That's faithfm.com.au. Go to the Listen menu, and under Listen, you'll find programs and podcasts, and you can find our Tassie Encounters program there. Uh, also, on the Faith FM Australia app, you can get that from the Google App Store or the Apple App Store. And uh, download Faith FM Australia. You can then go to the Browse button and find all of our programs. That's every one of our past programs is on there, plus many, many more. 
today, David. So give us a bit of a rundown as to what we're going to cover in this program. It's called The Spoken Word, uh, The Word Restored and Ongoing. Yeah, today what we're going to look at is looking from Exodus, from the Exodus of Israelites out of Egypt um, to when they went to Mount Sinai and beyond um, that in the Old Testament and how God continued to get his words um, and restore his words to God's people. Mm, Awesome. So... um you always have a, a bit of a story to kick us off, David. Would you like yes. to share something with us to kick us off today? Yeah, I do have something. So I've been sharing my journey in the Word or with the Word. So how has God's Word affected me? How has my interaction with God's Word affected me uh, over my life? And so the the next one I wanted to share today was accepting new light. And it was last week I talked about how uh, when we come to the Bible, we need to try and put our biases aside. It's very hard to do sometimes, but it's very important. (coughs) So today I wanted to share... Um, learning new and challenging truths. So when I w- did that and I put my biases aside, I came across some things that really challenged me. Mm. And one of those was uh, dealing with, you know, who who's the devil? <laughs> and mm. this was one of the most important things, actually, uh, because to me, you know, the devil was a little red man with a with a pitchfork and, you know, pointy tail and, and horns. Some, some little horns, yep. <laughs> I don't know why I had that picture because we weren't taught that at church, you know, mm. in the church I went to, but I just had that picture. Yeah. And as I was putting my biases aside and just reading the Bible because of what somebody said about this, I found some, you know, uh, Isaiah 14, Ezekiel 28, really, really clear texts about who he was and, 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 and what he had become. And so then I had to cope with that. And the uh, important thing with coping with it is then saying, well, this is what the Bible is saying. I'm reading it for myself. It's backed up by this verse, that verse, other verses around the Bible. And you have to almost start over with your beliefs. Mm. And it's yeah. difficult. It's really difficult when you're learning something that's new and challenging. And I'll share something in the listener question in a moment. Mm. Absolutely. Um, last week, David, we did get a question, and I believe you have a response to that. It was from David, and it was about Hashem. Yes, it was about Hashem. He says, why Why do the Jews yeah. refer to God as Hashem? Well, yeah. I said I didn't know, so we looked up some uh, information, but I did know it was the something, <laughs> whatever, yes. whatever Shem meant. Now, what Shem means, now, even though it's the name of one of Noah's sons, the word Shem simply means name. But it also means authority, Uh, it means reputation, standing, position, character, that's what it means. And so Noah had given his son the name, name, (laughs) (laughs) or authority. Oh, wow. But but when, when they would speak to God... Throughout different verses in the Bible, you have um, uh, God's name. Uh, you have uh, coming in God's name, Bashem. You have the uh, believing on God's name, Bashem. So Bashem is, or the B is in or on. Mm. And the H means the. So rather than saying God's name, they, they saw it as so holy, you know, uh, Y-H-W-H, as some pronounce Yahweh or, um, 
Yahweh, if you're saying it in the Hebrew. Um, Well, that's the way we pronounce it. There's no pronunciations around it. So rather than saying God's name, they would say Hashem, the name. Mm. All right, so that was the way they preserved saying God's name and not actually speaking this holy name, and they would just say the name. And when they said Hashem, they knew that that meant God. It's interesting, isn't it, that uh, we have these references to God when you know He He called Himself the I Am, yeah. and yes. uh, in English, these sorts of names are a little bit interesting or different, you know. But uh, mm. obviously, mm. you know, they had significance to the to the people of Israel. And, yes, uh, yeah, interesting. Yes, there you go. So perhaps we should uh, give the listener question because we're just about out of time for our break. Um, my question for you today, and thank you for David and the others who texted in last mm. week. It's really good to hear those responses and to be able to answer your questions. What What did you do when you discovered something when reading the Bible that was different from what you thought on that topic? So what did you do when you discovered something when you're reading from the Bible that was different from what you thought about that topic? And for me, um, one of the other big things was the Sabbath, the day of worship. Mm. I couldn't find anything in the Bible that supported Sunday worship. And yes, there were references in the Bible to the first day and people doing things on that first day, but nowhere in the Bible did I find anything, any command that changed the Sabbath. Mm. Um, From God's institution to Isaiah, I think it's 65 or 66, where, where it talks about in the new earth there's going to be the Sabbath. And so I thought... I've got the wrong worship day. Huh. And so then I had to be challenged with that. And that was a starting over. So what did you do? What did you do when you discovered something, when you read the Bible, that was different from what you thought on the topic? Love to hear your uh, responses today. Just before we go to the break, I'm just going to share with our listeners that we may have had a technical problem this week. We've, we've noticed that uh, we haven't had very many text messages in. We're hoping that this isn't the case, but um, if uh, if you try to text in and you get a error message or something, um, please uh, bear with us. We'll, we'll get that sorted as soon as possible, but hopefully your message will get through to us. So I just wanted to let you know about that. Absolutely. And... Um yeah, so do text us in with that listener question. So um, just to reiterate what David was saying, that was, what did you do when you discovered something when reading the Bible that was different to what you thought on that topic? Please text us in on 0488-880-891. This is My Redeemer is Faithful and True by Stephen Curtis Chapman. As I look back on this road I've traveled I see so many times He carried me through If there's one thing that I've learned in my life My Redeemer is faithful and My Redeemer is faithful and true Everything He has said He will And every morning His mercies are new 
My Redeemer is faithful and true. My heart rejoices when I read the promise. There is a place that I'm preparing for. Oh, someday I'll see my Lord face to face Cause my Redeemer is faithful and true My Redeemer is faithful and true Everything He has said He will do and every morning his mercies are new. My Redeemer is faithful and true. And in every situation, He has proved His love for me. When I lack the understanding, He gives more. faithful and true everything he has said he will do and every morning his mercies are new my redeemer is faithful You're listening to Tazzy Encounters on Faith FM and today we are talking with David Maxwell on the topic of the spoken word, the word restored and ongoing. Before the break, we did have a listener question, which was, what did you do when you discovered something when reading the Bible that was different to what you thought on that topic? Text us in on 0488880891. We would love to hear from you. And um, yeah, go ahead. We'd love to know what you think. And we can confirm we've had a text in from our listener. So the system is working today. So yes. thanks, uh, David, for your text a little bit earlier. Um, now, before the break, David, you were saying that we're going to look at this uh, topic of the spoken word of God from Ooh. Exodus um, Exodus of the Israelites out of Egypt um, through to Mount Sinai and beyond in the Old Testament. So let's get into it. Let's uh, dig into this topic. Yeah, thanks, Jason and Carmelina. Yes, we're going to look at the spoken word of God, picking up where we left off last week. So the people of Israel went into Egypt, and when they came out, and, and the topic is the, you know, the word of God restored. Why did it need to be restored? We're going to look at that in a moment. So what we're going to do is I'm going to have a prayer for our listeners, and and then one of you will read, I think Jason or, no, Carmelina yep, is going to I'll read our text for us. <laughs> so let's have a prayer. Okay. 
Heavenly Father, we want to thank you that you hear us. We want to thank you that you have restored and repaired your word. Lord, help us as we read it, as we listen, our listeners hear it today. We pray that you would bless them in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, Carmelina, could you read our verses today? Although we're looking at the Old Testament, there's a really good section in the New Testament as uh, the... One of the uh, disciples uh, or apostles, uh, Stephen, recounts the history in Acts 7, 33 to 38. Absolutely. And I'm reading from the New King James Version. So, then the Lord said to him, take your sandals off your feet for the place, take your sandals off your feet for the place where you stand is holy ground. I have surely seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt. I have heard their groaning and I have and have come down to deliver them. And now come, I will send you to Egypt. This Moses, whom they rejected, saying, Who made you a ruler and a judge, is the one God sent to be a ruler and a deliverer by the hand of the angel who appeared to him in the bush. He brought them out after he had shown wonders and signs in the land of Egypt and in the Red Sea, and in the wilderness forty years. This is what Moses, who said to the children of Israel, The Lord your God will raise you up for, raise, you, raise up for you a prophet, a prophet like me from your brethren. Him you shall hear. This is he who was in the congregation in the wilderness, with the angel who spoke to him on Mount Sinai. And with our fathers, the one who received the living oracles to give to us. Mm, thanks, Carmelina. We're going to refer to a few of those things um, through our program today, the oracles, the Mount mm. Sinai and some other things. So <clears throat> let's get underway. Many, many years ago, a new language was developed. And I know, Carmelina, you love languages. You might, you might not <laughs> like this one. Okay. But this was developed to ensure people could type as fast as the speaker was speaking. Oh. I don't know if you've ever tried to do that. I think I gave it a go once and it didn't turn out well. <laughs> yes, if you're not quick with your typing, you miss yes. words and you have to ask them to repeat it. But this language was called shorthand. And it oh. is a language. If you ever see it, it looks like a very unusual way of writing. Okay. It was originally um, uh, created in the Roman Empire back in around 63 AD, but the modern shorthand was developed and published in 1837 by Sir Isaac Pittman. It was an abbreviated, phonic way of capturing what was said with few letters. And that way it was, it was actually possible then for them to type as quickly as someone spoke. Originally, it was called stenographic sound hand, which is interesting because that's the phonics of it. They were writing it as it sounded, and they'd have these um, <clears throat> markings that look a bit like Hebrew language, I suppose. Or it was also called Pittman shorthand. Interestingly, millennia before this, God had already created a way of making sure the information was correctly transferred from one to another, as we discovered in our previous two weeks. This week, we're going to continue with, with, uh, continue on from where we were, and we're going to see what happened to the people who were steeped in this foreign culture and oppressive rule for over 400 years. So, 
what happens is they are in Egypt for 430 years. Not all of that was in slavery, but most of it. And all of the family of Jacob that goes down into Egypt during the famine were about 70 people. Now, this is this is like you've heard the term breeding like rabbits. That's, <laughs> that's what it appears happens here because we'll, look, we'll mention the number later, but it's hundreds of thousands of people mm. come from these 70. So 70 people plus Joseph, uh, his wife and two children that are already in Egypt. Clearly, God was still speaking to them at that time. He spoke often to Joseph. He showed him dreams. He, he spoke to him very personally. As Jacob dies and blesses his children, he even speaks prophetically about his sons. And some of the things that he says in Genesis 49 and 50, it's clear that God is speaking directly to him and through him, even if he doesn't really realize it at the time. Joseph eventually dies and time passes and the Pharaoh that knew him was kind to his family, let them all live in the land of Goshen in Egypt. Um, he also dies as well. And another king arises that treats the Israelites really harshly, brutally, puts them into cruel bondage. You can read that in Exodus chapter 1, 8 to 11. What was slavery like for these people? I don't know if any of you have ever experienced or seen people in slavery but they do what they're told. Yeah. <laughs> and and for the Israelites, they weren't able to sacrifice. So you can read this in Exodus chapter 8. They, they weren't able to uh, sacrifice because if they did, they would be killing the holy animals, if you like, of, of Egypt. They, they held the cow as sacred. So if they killed the cow and did sacrifices, they, they would have killed them. They would have stoned them. So they couldn't do the sacrifices that they were used to. Also in Exodus 5 and verse 4, when Moses and Aaron first come to Pharaoh and ask him to release the people, he just, he just tightens their burdens and he makes them work from sunup till sundown. They had to go find their own straw. They weren't given straw anymore. So having a day off was not known. So they would have lost the understanding of the Sabbath and many of the other things, the instructions of God over these four centuries. They lose sight of God's, God's ways. Mm -hmm. um, so as Moses and Aaron go to Pharaoh each time, um, God begins restoring the people's understanding of God. He shows Pharaoh and all of the people these amazing signs. He gives him evidence time and time and again so that they know this is, this is the God of Israel. This is the God of the world, not the, the, the Egyptian gods that they've been you know, associating with over these years. <clears throat> the way that God speaks to Pharaoh at that time is God speaks to Moses now, Moses was very timid and didn't feel he could speak in public. I don't know if any of you relate to that. <laughs> I, I certainly do. <laughs> Carmelina is a, a great uh, public speaker, but I, I good, hate, hate good. speaking in public. Oh, I still I, get nervous, but yes, I've yes. had a lot of practice, so I get, I, you get used to it. <laughs> yes, and I, I never used to be able to speak in front of people. Mm. I would just fall apart, and God has changed that. So yeah. God would speak to Moses, Moses would speak to Aaron, his brother, and then Aaron would speak to Pharaoh. And this was the same for the people all through the Bible where you see Moses said to the people, Moses is actually talking to Aaron, Aaron is talking to the people. So when the wrong thing is said or done, both Moses and Aaron are doing the wrong thing. That's very interesting for another time. Anyway, mm. God's patient throughout all this time and he gives Pharaoh lots of time to change, but Pharaoh doesn't. He just doesn't change. Um, when these final terrible plagues come, 
Um, the, the last one is the death of the firstborn. Pharaoh finally begrudgingly lets mm. the children go. And as they go, it, it would appear through some words used in Exodus twelve thirty eight, a mixed multitude, people from the Egyptians who were afraid of all the things happening but willing to follow God actually go out of Israel with them as well. So together with the Israelites, the people now number, this is only counting the men, over 600,000 men. Wow. And so people have said, well, the men, they mostly have a wife and they have lots of kids. There could be up to six million people here. Jeez. That's what some have said. But nevertheless, leading these people anywhere, a crowd like that, you know, looking at the size of Brisbane, the population of Brisbane, taking one person, taking all of, or a couple of people, taking all of those people anywhere would have been impossible without God's leading. Mm. So... I don't know if you remember the socialist rule in, in in Germany and what was going on through the Nazi reign, but after the war, um, World War Two, the German people had to undergo re-education to help them understand the importance of being a civil, democratic society within the you know the the other European nations around them. This was undertaken not by force from the Allies, because maybe that might not be accepted very well. It was undertaken by going with that information into the universities and teaching the nation from within. So they learned from themselves, if you like. Mm. And, and that way it worked. It worked very well in some universities. Others, it didn't work so well. <clears throat> but likewise, the Israelites had been in oppressive, captive hands for over 400 years. And so many of these these cultural influences had uh, filtered into their society, much like the socialistic teachings of the Nazis on the Germans, you see. Um, David, I, I was just uh, thinking about what you're saying there, is that basically, you know, when, when we're in this, well, in, in this case, in the, in the case of the Israelites, during that time of captivity, they were basically being... Educated in the in the way of the Egyptians, and they Egyptianized. They'd become they'd become like Egyptians. <clears throat> yes, in mm. in many cases, that's what seems to have happened. Mm. Because later on, they complain about all those things they're missing from mm. that place, and maybe that was some of the mixed multitude as well. Mm. But but this extremely large group of people clearly needed re-education in God's ways and laws, and because being in in that foreign country, all of those years, God has a plan. But we're going to have to talk about that after the break. Mm. Yes. We did have somebody uh, respond to our listener question, which yes. was, what did you do when you discovered something when reading the Bible that was different to what you thought on the topic? Yes, we have a response. Uh, Wayne from Borough, thank you for texting in this morning. He says, I thank God in prayer. I thank him for his words in Matthew 7, verse 7. Have a great day. Hope you're mm. having a great day, Wayne. Um, so the verse actually for Matthew 7, verse 7 says this, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. Thank you, Wayne, this morning. Mm. <laughs> Thanks uh, for that. And uh, do text us in your response to this question. What did you do when you discovered something when reading the Bible that was different to what you thought? I'm sure many of us have had that experience. We'd love to hear from you today. Text us in on 0488 Our book offer coming up later in the program, that same number... 
you can uh, claim our book offer, Quick Bible Answers. We'll come back and talk more about that after the break, but right now this is Amazing Grace, My Chains Are Gone by Nathan Pacello, Pacheco. Is Pacheco, that right? yes. <laughs> is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. 
You're listening to Tazzy Encounters on Faith FM, and today we have David Maxwell on his series, The Word of God. And David has been talking about the topic of the spoken word, the word restored and ongoing. Now, David, before the break, you were saying that the Israelites needed some re-education after their time in Egypt as slaves, kind of like having to relearn um, what they what they were taught originally from mm. God. Um, mm. Would you like to expand on this for us? Yeah, as we were talking before the break, Carmelina, uh, mm. or during the break, uh, sometimes re-education is not a good thing when it's uh, bad indoctrination or torture or that kind of thing. You know, So that's not yeah. what we're talking about. We're talking about, like you just said, relearning the things they had learned or they knew already in the past but they'd forgotten. And it was because God had these people in mind as a example of what he was like. Yeah. So he wanted to teach them again. So life in Egypt under the hard bondage was really hard for these centuries and it would have erased some of their customs and cultures. So mm. these are not things that uh, were being reinforced on them. It was things they were being reminded of that they'd lost over those um, centuries. They they were unable during those those times of conflict, those times of bondage, to actually dictate their own conditions of their lives. And we see this demonstrated not so long later in Exodus 32 with a golden calf incident where Moses goes on the mountain for a while talking with God, which we'll mention in a moment. And while he was away, they say, oh, we don't know when he's coming back. Let's just make our own gods. So they'd seen that in Egypt and they never would have thought of doing that before in Jacob's family. So God has a plan to ensure they'll again learn his ways and his laws and the things that are important for them to um, demonstrate to the rest of the world. So he takes them directly to Mount Sinai Mm. to speak all his instructions to Moses, but this time Moses is to write it all down. we touch more on the writing next week. But on the way out of Egypt, God first does some powerful things to actually give people more understanding of who he is as the God of heaven. You know, that they wanted, God wanted them to see his power and trust in him to follow and to be looked after all the way. So he saves them so they'll learn to trust in all his, all circumstances. And the, the first one was uh, crossing the Red Sea. You know, God parts the Red Sea in this miraculous demonstration of his power. If this wasn't enough, once they get through the the Red Sea, just in a few days, in a few days, this shows how steep they are in the um, Egyptian culture and and not yet understanding who God is. Just a few days later, they're complaining because they're just about out of water. Now, God had just parted the waters. Now, mm-hmm. how they couldn't see that, I don't know, but we forget as well. <laughs> yes, we so in this instance, God says to Moses, strike the rock and water comes out. He does, and it does, which is just amazing. Another time a bit later on, God tells Moses again to provide water in a similar way. This is towards the end of their, their 40 years. And at that time, though, God wants the people to know that it's God who's been leading them and not Moses and Aaron. Mm. God wants them really to know this. So instead of hitting the rock, he says, just speak to the rock. You know, we're talking about God's word and speaking to the people. So he tells Moses, just speak to the rock like I'm speaking to you and the water will come out. 
but it's a step too far for Moses. He doubts God's going to do that, and mm. he hits the rock. Mm. God does provide the water. You know, that's yes. the amazing thing. God goes ahead and glorifies himself, as the Bible says. But this act of disobedience uh, and for taking the people's eyes off God and putting them on Moses and Aaron, you know, it's us doing this, they are prevented from entering Canaan later on. David, I've got a quick question. I hope we've got time to fit it in. But oh, I'm sure with the Israelites in the desert, they often complained about their circumstances because they mm. didn't have water or the food they wanted or whatever it was. Yeah. Um, do you think that being in the desert was actually worse than being in slavery for them? Like, you know, they said, oh, take yeah. us back to Egypt. We were better off then. Like, that's yeah. an interesting complaint, isn't it? Yeah. It is, and especially if that's coming from the mixed multitude because they weren't slaves. Mm. Mm. You know, they weren't slaves. They had things really good back there, and so if some of those complaints were then feeding through to the rest of the Israelites, they would be thinking, yeah, we were slaves, but at least we had a roof over our head and mm. good food and mm. we could eat what we wanted. And, yeah, in, at times I think you're right. They would have seen, no, it would have been better being a slave. Let's go back there. Mm. Interesting. <coughs> So in another illustration of God's providence and power, he gives Moses instructions to pass on to the people. Remember Moses, Aaron, the people. And it's about collecting food. And God sends food from heaven. And they call it manna because that just means we don't know what it is. <laughs> and, 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 and God provides this for the whole 40 years, not just when they're obedient, but for 40 years of their disobedience. Mm. That's amazing, and it says something about the love and character of God. But more of that, um, as God provides and sustains through this daily bread, more of that in another program. So rather than just wandering all around the desert, right, the people think it took them 40 years to get to Mount Sinai. No, it didn't. It just took them two months Two months. They leave in um, Numbers 33.3. It says they left Egypt on the 15th day of the first month. And they arrive at Sinai on the 15th day of the third month. So two months it takes them to get there. And that's in Exodus 19.1. When they get there, God repeats, among other things, his words to them. The Ten Commandments, God writes this himself on the stone. He also repeats all the other things that he wants them to know and remember about him. And you can read this all listed between Exodus 20 and Exodus 32. We're not going to read that today. That's too much. But you can read all the things that he told Moses. And then while he's up there for those 40 days, they do that golden calf thing. And God says, you better go down because... They think you're not coming back. Mm. So he goes down with the Ten Commandments. He sees what they're doing. They're dancing all around. They're being horrible. Um, they, they're saying, this is our gods. And Aaron had gone along with it. And Moses smashes those Ten Commandments. The, he addresses the issue that's going on. Um, they sort that out. They return to worshipping God. They destroy the, the calf. Then he goes back up on the mountain for another 40 days. Now, I don't know how many people know this, but you can see this in Deuteronomy 9, 11, 18, and 25, Deuteronomy 10, 10. There's a total of 80 days that he spends mm. up there, and God goes through a lot more stuff and gives them the commandments, again, this time on two tablets. And those two tablets then come down and later on go into the Ark of the Covenant, and they stay there for the whole journey. <coughs> so if you'll remember... This is what happens before they go into Egypt. We have Adam speaking to Lamech through centuries. Lamech speaking to Shem, more centuries. 
but just transferring the responsibility of that information through just a few people. Adam, Lamech, Shem, Jacob, Joseph, then they go into Egypt and they lose a lot of that information. So God then takes them directly to Mount Sinai. He tells Moses everything that they need to know about him and his ways and his laws. And this time Moses writes it down so that they can capture it for all time for future generations. So God uh, didn't want this to be lost this time, you know, by writing it down on st- stone, so to speak, some of it. Well, not mm. so to speak, it literally was written on stone, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, that's he, right. He didn't want it lost this time. <coughs> that's right. And and look, they, they had great memories before the flood, you know, and, and for many years after that. But clearly things got worse. You saw, you know, what we've explained, just in 400 years, they lose so much. And I even look at my own experience, and you can all probably relate to this, maybe maybe um, Jason and me a little bit more than Carmelina, but, you know, when I was young, when I was very young, I had a great memory. But now if I don't put it in my calendar, maybe it's because I'm too busy, I forget stuff. I forget stuff. So I believe this is what God knew would happen. So he says, let's get it written down, and we'll talk more about that. It's referred to then as the oracles of God. All right. Well, I'm looking forward to hearing more about that. But um, we have to go to a break now. But before we do, I'm going to talk about our book offer for today. Um, Today we have a book called Quick Bible Answers, Questions People Often Ask and Answers from God's Word. This is written by a popular evangelist named Kenneth Cox, and it's a small booklet that provides biblical answers to 128 questions within 18 common topics. Um, These answers to questions such as who will see Jesus Christ return, what must I do to be saved, where is Sunday, the first day of the week mentioned in the Bible, that's something you mentioned, David, Mm. Um, why hasn't God healed me, when did the Sabbath change, and over 120 more. So be sure to stick around and listen for the code after the break. Um, But right now, this is Let the Words by Eclipse 6. Let the words of my mouth bring thee praise. Let the words that I speak be seasoned with thy love and grace. May the things, O Lord, that I choose to say bring glory, not shame.
Encounters on Faith FM, and we are talking with David Maxwell on the topic of the spoken word, the word restored and ongoing. Before the break, I did describe to you our book offer for today, Quick Bible Answers, and we now have the code word. So for anyone out there who would like to get their hands on this book, um, questions people often ask and answers from God's word by Kenneth Cox, be sure to text in on 0488880891, word three, no spaces, W-O-R-D and the number three, Text it in to 0488880891 so you can claim your free copy today. Um, that's uh, Word 3, W-O-R-D, and the number 3. Now, David, before the break, you're explaining that uh, the Israelites came out of Egypt, out of captivity and slavery, and then they pretty much went straight to Mount Sinai. And uh, here God narrated to them the laws and his commandments in order to help them relearn, I guess, the ways that he wanted them to live. So Mm. would you like to just sort of put all this together as we finish off our program today? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Jason, and thanks, Carmelina, for that special offer again. (laughs) Look, if you've ever served on a jury or been in a court as a witness or Unfortunately, even for yourself, you'll probably have seen someone sitting at the front either typing or making sure everything that's said in court is recorded. That might be a bit um, um, hard to take uh, sometimes. But this this person is called a stenographer or court transcriber, and their job is to make sure that there's a record of everything that's said there in case it needs to be retrieved later um, for evidence or whatever's refer back to what was said in the court. Well, God set up some rules to make sure that those things that he told Moses um, and those after him were carefully recorded. And this job was initially assigned to the prophets, then later the kings and also the scribes. Now, we're going to speak more about that next week and how accurate that actually was. So following on from Moses, there was more that God had to tell the people. Uh, which he did through example as well as many more spokespeople. And uh, some evidence or some examples of these were Joshua for, for a start. Joshua was someone who God spoke through and he led to do amazing and great victories throughout all this new promised land, uh, helping the people to resettle into their new home and to witness again firsthand God's power and care for them. So that was after Moses and Aaron had died. And then there was uh, another example I've I've found in the Bible is Deborah and Barak. Now, the prophetess Deborah, she's a lady, and it's a really good example of someone sent by God to do the work um, or speak the words when the then leader Barak wouldn't do it. Now, that's unusual that the, you know, the, the leader at the time was a man and he didn't want to do what God said. So Deborah said, well, I'm going to do it, but if I do it, uh, you're not going to get the glory for it, God will. And yeah. so he said, oh, that's okay. I just don't want to do it. <laughs> 
So again, there's God acting on behalf of, of his people. So Gideon was another one. <clears throat> he was a leader who God came and spoke to personally um, in the form of an angel and spoke to him and told him what was going to happen, encouraged him to lead his people, and there was another great victory that happened. Mm. Another name that people are familiar with as a judge of Israel over these times was Samson. Now, Samson was an example of someone who showed amazing abilities, you know, picking up all the gates from a city, pulling them out and carrying them up, sticking them on the mountain, killing thousands of enemies Mm. with just the jawbone of an ass, you know. This was something clearly was given by God, the strength that was given to him, but he was far from perfect. And it shows that, you know, we don't have to be perfect to be used by God. Through all of these, they had evidence, physical evidence of God's power and God's leading. Following on from these stories of the judges over Israel, God speaks personally to prophets, to kings like Samuel, David, Saul, actually speaks to Saul, through Saul at one point, and also Solomon. There were many other Israelite kings, good and bad, who often relayed God's word either knowingly or through the things they said they were actually speaking God's word, even though they didn't realize that. Also, when God's people step out of line throughout the the rest of the Old Testament stories, again and again, God sends prophets to reprimand the kings, the people, and to guide them back to himself. So, As we kind of wrap all this together, I want to bring you back to my opening illustration of accurately recorded. Just like the early stenographers used the Pittman shorthand method to accurately record what was said by someone, God had another way of doing the same. Remember how many times his important information was shared down through the first 2,000 years. You had Adam, then all the generations between Adam and Lamech, Noah's father, Adam was able to recount the things that God had taught him firsthand. And then from Lamech to Shem, his grandson, before he gets in the ark and and goes through the flood and then what happens afterwards, Lamech passes that information on faithfully to Shem with their fantastic memories they had back then. Shem then lives to the time of Isaac, which is a long way down, hundreds of years. And he transfers that information to Isaac and says, you're now the information keeper, if you like, the the caretaker of this information. Isaac to his grandson, Joseph, and then they go into Egypt. So just four times this information is, over these 2,000 years, passed on and handed to another person to guard that information and to pass it on. That was easily very accurate back in those times. Then after their captivity, you know, the 400 years of meshing that information with what they were surrounded with, the information gets refreshed directly from God at Mount Sinai through Moses and Aaron as they share that information again. Beyond Moses, the records updated and added to by the prophets, as we've mentioned, as God's spokespersons, but we'll look at that more closely next week as we dig into this a bit deeper. Mm. So... My question to finalise my my presentation today is, are you yet convinced that God had a way of ensuring that none of his important information was lost over time? When it was, he restored it. If so, and you want to learn more about how you can obey him and follow him, please get in touch, because if you get in touch, we can give you more information on how you can do that. David, I find it interesting that... um 
you know, in real life today, we're learning about how the scriptures, you know, or the 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 words of God were handed down orally initially, mm. and mm. then uh, were then written down later. I find it interesting that today we still have a similar sort of concept in that, you know, you can make an agreement with somebody, a verbal agreement, and you can mm. shake hands on it. Mm. And, uh, you know, that's that's if if we are ethical and we have integrity, we have to honour that agreement that we've mm. shaken hands on. Um, Correct. But uh, the majority of sort of legal contracts are, are written down. And mm. isn't it interesting that... The, the written word seems to seems to have a more enduring um, characteristic about it. And, uh, you know, we, we observe that in the majority of our day-to-day life today with all of our contracts and arrangements and even uh, books that get written mm. down. The stories um, seem, seem to be preserved more accurately when they are written down, and that's what we've been learning about today. Mm. Um, so, David, um, where are you speaking next? So, on tomorrow night, I'm speaking in Launceston. We're starting a program called The Coming King, and it talks about who the king is, how you can know him, and when he's coming. And I think it's a really important program, and I know people in the past have really been benefited from this program. So, if you're not doing anything, come along to Launceston Seventh Day Adventist Church down the back. Uh, in the hall, we'll have a meal at six o'clock. We'll kick off the program at seven. That sounds like a great time and a good reason to go up to Launceston as well. Mm. Um, good times to hang out and have some food as well. Um, mm. Just to remind our um, listeners today, we have a book offer and our code word was Word3, W-O-R-D, and the number three, no spaces. And this is for the Quick Bible Answers written by Kenneth Cox, um, questions people often ask and answers from God's Word. And remember to text that into zero four. Also, next week, um, David, you have uh, another segment on Thursday, Mm. as usual, for the Word of God. And I believe we've changed now from the spoken word to the written word. That's correct. And um, it is titled, The Word Preserved from Moses to Malachi. Mm. So I'm looking forward to that one. And tomorrow we have The Coming King. Um, Although that's the program you were mentioning to us, wasn't it? Sorry. Friday night, yep. Yes, Friday night. Looking forward to that one as well. And, of course, remember our program that we're running down in Hobart area, Lifestyle Medicine, Eating for Good Health, presented by Libby Herganen, one of our great presenters on our Friday programs, Connecting the Dots. If you want more information about that, text it into 0488-880-891. Text this code, eat well number 22 Eat well twenty two zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one and uh, do remember that Libby has uh, got some great qualifications and she's a, an excellent presenter. She does her research very thoroughly, so do join us uh, there if you're in the Hobart area. And next um, tomorrow we've got her program, Lifestyle Medicine: The Rise of Chronic Disease. So join us tomorrow. Thank you, everyone, for listening today. And also thank you, David, for joining us. Mm, um, thank you. Hope whatever you guys are doing, um, you are doing, uh, having a great day. This is You Cannot Lose My Love by Sarah Groves. You lose your baby teeth. At times you lose your faith in me. You will lose a lot of things, but you cannot lose.
Jesus.